right, grab your Bibles, and uh, we're going to, um, just for a few minutes, um, I think I did actually end a little bit early for service, so if you're good, I'll let you out a little bit early. So I sounds like a good teacher, don't I? That, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mentioned to you before that I'm a part of a prayer leaders cohort, that's what they call it, where the group of us pastors are working with a guy named Daniel Henderson, who uh, wrote a book called Old Paths, New Power. In fact, he's written a number of books, but just his heart is we've got to pray more because most churches don't spend enough time in prayer as a whole, and people, the people of God don't, you know, it's not a house of prayer like it should be. And so uh, I'm a part of a group that uh, we're, we've met six, and we've got one more time this week, every other week. And uh, part of our homework assignment last week was uh, watching these interviews by a guy named John Dickerson, who wrote a book 10 years ago, so 2013. The name of his book was The Great Evangelical Recession, Six Factors That Will Crash the American Church. Now, he's a journalist turned into a pastor, so I think he just likes to use some of those little bit dramatic words. I'm not sure that I would say crashing the American church, but I want to share with you just for a brief moment here those six trends that he talks about as those that spell doom for the evangelical church in America. And, I'll, and then I'll explain why I'm going to share with you, share them with you uh, towards the end of this. But number one, he says our numbers are inflated. Uh, he, he defines evangelicals as people who believe the Bible's God's truth without error. Jesus is the only way to salvation and to God. That's what an evangelical is. And we have, I've heard this before, sometimes here, that, that uh, evangelicals make up 40% of the population. Truth is, uh, multiple studies show that it actually places the number closer to seven or nine percent. So we're, we're not the majority like we used to be. In fact, at current rates, that number is going to drop even more to four, up, uh, up to four percent, or drop to four percent within 30 years, reducing evangelicals to one out of every 25 Americans. Okay? That's a shift in our culture. We are no longer the majority, and even then, I, I've, I've shared with you before how uh, the distinction used to be between what they call real uh, faithful Christians. Um, there, were, there were a lot of people who identified as Christians, even though they weren't really maybe even true believers, but now that, that gap has widened to where it's everybody but those of us who really com commit and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Attendance at all evangelical churches is declining in nearly every state, so our numbers are going down. Number two, we are facing growing cultural animosity. Again, he wrote this 10 years ago. Americans under the age of 35 are four times more likely than older generations to be atheistic, agnostic, or non-religious. When university professors were asked if they had negative feelings about various beliefs, 3% of them reported these negative feelings for Jews, 9% for non-evangelical Christians, 22% for Muslims, but 53% for evangelical Christians. Again, we're going to be more and more uh, pushed to the edges with animosity. In fact, some, are recommending, uh, some specialists are recommending a new entry in the DSM-5. The DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. They're actually wanting to put in that intolerant personality disorder so that we Christians can be put in there as we uh, are, are um, 
pushing our agenda, especially our sexual ethic on the world. And it says here, written in the notes, that uh, we are as sinful as the Ku Klux Klan racists. Over and over again. I'm just going to skim through some of this. We don't need to cover all that. Number three, we are divided by political and cultural aid agendas. I've never seen the church more divided. We are, we're just divided on all this, and there's um, no room to agree to disagree. In fact, if you think about it, pray for the Southern Baptist Convention. They start meeting. They're, they're kind of gathering now, but uh, meetings start on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's going to get messy within our tribe. Uh, meetings are down in New Orleans. A friend of mine texted me this week. and said, are you going to be in New Orleans? And I said, no way. I'm not going. And he says, well, you should have at least gone for the food. And I thought that would have been a good idea. I could have gone down, but uh, we need to pray for our brothers and sisters. There's a lot of division on how we're supposed to interact in our culture today on race and all that. It's just crazy stuff. Um, number four, I didn't, I didn't know about this until I read this, until I listened to the interview. We face a massive reduction in financial support. People over 70, age 75 give four times as much of their income as 25 to 44-year-olds. Each younger generation gives significantly less of its income to Christian ministries. The oldest two generations contribute the largest percentage of funds to Christian work. As they die off over the next 30 years, ministries will lose up to 70% of their current funding. It's going to be changes over time, too. Again, this is 10 years ago. Um, number five, younger members are leaving the church. Two and three evangelical 20-year-olds abandon the faith by age 30. They call it deconstruction now, uh, comprising 260,000 exiting the church every year. Unlike previous generations, two-thirds of them will never come back. One reason is that we have taught young people what they call moralistic therapeutic deism, which means in a lot of our churches, we just teach them how to be good kids. Therapeutically and morally, just, like here's, here's what the Bible's all about, and, and we just don't believe that's true. We believe that you connect them with Jesus and then you'll live holy lives, which is a whole different approach. Among millennials, which are 18 to 29 year olds, there are twice as many atheists and evangelicals, and four to six as many secularists, atheists, agnostics, self-identified, non-religious people. Um, and number six, churches are failing to make disciples. We're just not passing that on from one generation to the next. Now, we could keep going on. You could tell a story, I could tell a story. Okay? And, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling this. Even though this was 10 years ago, now I'm just like, ah, what, there, there is change happening. And how do we respond to it? I think in one, one potential response is, let's just, you know, flight. Let's just run from it. Let's just give up. Let's just, I don't know where you'd move to because it's probably the same around the whole world. But uh, the other flip side of that is, is the, the not just flight, not flight, but fight uh, get involved politically, culturally. Let's make this happen. Let, let's win. And I don't think that works either. That's not the, the building the kingdom of Christ does not win through war. Uh, to me, I, like, I, I just think in my mind, there's got to be a way to fix this. I'm just the fix-it kind of guy. In fact, um, I love that Bob the Builder theme song. It's, you know, can we fix it? Oh, see, I'm impressed. You guys knew that. Uh, 
You ever heard of that, Jen? Bob the Builder? Okay. You gave me that look like, like I, I, the first service, yeah, Scott, you didn't know, like, maybe it was just the first service, because it was an older crowd. They didn't know who Bob the Builder was, but, but I think sometimes our, our approach is like, okay, there's got to be something we can do to fix all of that. There's got to be something we can do to make it all right. In my, just kind of, uh, I, I did a quick search on those six trends, and I found several people writing some blog posts on it, and, and I appreciate this guy named Jim Dennison. He says, here's our response. We've got to love Jesus, we've got to surrender to his spirit, and we need to serve him in unity. And I think that summarizes a bit of what we what we're about as a church, connecting people to Jesus, but is that ongoing surrender to his spirit and specifically through prayer. But we know it's not a quick fix. We know it's gonna be day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. And I've just been wrestling with, okay, kind of during this, this season, we finished John, and we're gonna eventually get to Romans. I thought we'd get to it sooner, but I keep kind of throwing these sermons in here. So next week, um, we're going to have Father's Day, and, and I'm going to share, like we did the panel on Mother's Day, we'll have something similar. But then the following two weeks, um, I'm actually out of town, and Pastor Mike's going to be preaching, and Pastor Daryl's going to be preaching those particular weeks, and then we'll pick up Romans uh, together. But as I was wrestling early this week, you know, what, what is the Lord, what reminders do we need as a congregation? What reminders do I need as a pastor? And two words kept coming to mind, prayerful dependence prayerful dependence. And that led me to Psalm 20. And we're gonna take just a few minutes and walk through that together. Uh, in the New Bible Commentary put together by uh, D.A. Carson, he titled Psalm 20, Before Battle, the Victory of Prayer and Faith. He writes, this psalm suits the occasion of a service of prayer and sacrifice on the eve of battle. David's putting this together. They're, they're getting ready to go to battle. And this was their time of prayerful dependence. So as we walk through, you're going to hear different voices. One prays to the Lord about you in the second person, or they pray about the king, pray for the king, and the other voice is affirming it using the first person, I or we. So let me just walk you through these nine verses together and uh, hear the word of the Lord as we, we do this together. It's a prayer. And in verse one, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary, give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices, Selah. May he grant you all your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O oh Lord, save the king. May, we answer, may he answer us when we call. Real simply, in fact, I, I don't think there's gonna be anything in here that's gonna surprise you, but I want you to just open up your mind and your heart to be reminded of who God is 
and how we should respond. Uh, so let's say it this way. We have a God who, and I'm just going to pull some one-word answers from here, and I want you to be thinking how that applies to your life, and then we're going to close uh, today by praying in response to this, and then uh, we'll look at how we are to respond uh, together. But we have a God who, first of all, knows now, it's kind of an assumption here. I added this one kind of toward the end because in the, the first one is going to be he, he answers, he hears us, but you can't really have a God who answers and hears our problems and troubles without knowing our problems and troubles. So some of you need to be reminded that God knows and find comfort in that. Anything you're facing as an individual, as a family, as a church, he knows. And, and that's a good thing, that we just need reminded of that. But also, in the battle, in preparation for the battle, or in the middle of the battle, God is a God who responds. Verse 1 says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Our God wants to respond to us, and so as we cry out to him for help or, or whatever we need, he's going to answer, yes, I'll give you that. No, that's not what's good for you right now. Or maybe you just need to wait. And so he's a, he's a God who responds, which means have that conversation with him. God, I want to hear you in the day of trouble. Number two, um, protects. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. Protects. I don't... This is one thing that, um, for whatever reason, in my world, I don't think I pray enough for this. And, but Jesus did. In the Lord's Prayer, he asked, for, protect us from the evil one. Uh, we need that. We, we, there, there, there's a, maybe it's because I don't feel as, um, things are as dangerous as they are, but we need our protection. Now notice it does, we need his protection. Notice that it says the name of the God of Jacob. Hang on to that, that word name. We're gonna come back to that. He's also a God who provides. Verse two says, may he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. When I think of that word support, I think of air support, you know, just kind of coming in and uh, you know, the, the plane's coming off of the, the aircraft carriers and uh, the support, but, but reality, we have something far better than all of that. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm gonna go to heaven and I'm gonna leave you the Spirit and the Spirit's gonna do this, this, and this, and this. He's gonna be the helper. He's a God who helps. He's a God who provides, gives us support and help. He's also a God who forgives, verse three. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. This would have been their way of saying, hey God, remember we, we did what you wanted us to do. We did the sacrifices right. We're asking for your blessings. Can you, just, can you remember what we did there? But this has changed, right? We, we, don't, we don't do the sacrificing anymore because of why. Jesus was that ultimate. He was the last sacrifice. He was the final sacrifice. So he put it also when, when we say, God, thank you for Jesus and what he did. Would you look upon us with favor because of what Jesus did? He's a God who forgives. Not just forgives, but he's a God who blesses. May he, verse four, grant your heart's desire and fulfill 
all your plans. Verse five, may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. It's not bad to have desires. It's not bad to have plans. It's not bad to have petitions. God, I'm, I'm asking for this and this and this. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I, for the most part, like it when my kids ask for that stuff. We, we would rather our kids ask us than somebody else, right? Well, what is the response back? Here's, here's a good way to think of it. In Psalm 37, just a few psalms over, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. The more we delight in him, the more our desires become his desires. He wants to be a God who blesses us. But lastly, he's also a God who rescues. And maybe you and I need to remind of this today. Verse six, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. And I, we all know that, that this is not, that this does refer to a spiritual saving, but I think it also refers to physical saving. Meaning, you're, some of you are facing some situations in life where you need God's rescue. You need his help to get through this so that he could be glorified. He's a God who rescues, don't forget that. And I'm just, I'm just painting a picture, reminding you from scripture who God says he is. Now let's briefly, we'll close out with looking at the we sections. That's a, the he, now this is the we. Let's be a people who, three things. One, we celebrate in God's salvation. Verse five says, may we shout for joy over your salvation. I confess that I have a problem, okay? I will uh, spend far too much time watching YouTube shorts. Anybody else? Okay, just by myself. Okay, Ralph, we're gonna start a support group, okay? Me and you, and there was a guy named Josh in the first service, so we're gonna help each other, okay? But in those YouTube shirts over and over again, because we all have a phone and can just start recording anything on the street, the shouting that takes place is really rather comical to watch these people shout at each other over the dumbest things. You've got Karen shouting, you've got people shouting at cops. I mean, just, it's just shout, 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 shout. And I find it interesting here, Christians are to shout for what? For joy because of their salvation. I think it's just this like, hey, how about we celebrate what God has done for us? So we think about all the things that are shouted today, let's shout in joy. Because what, what is being proclaimed? What should we be proclaiming? Oftentimes it's our agenda rather than God's salvation. I don't think maybe we grasp enough what God has done for us. Shout for joy over salvation, his salvation. Celebrate in God's salvation. Here's number two, same verse, verse five. And it says, and in the name of God, Set up our banners. When you'd go into war back then, you'd have a banner that just declared, you know, who is our God? And we are his people, his, the banner. Um, what is on the banners that we're waving today? Are we declaring our identity? Hey, we're, we're followers of Jesus. We're, is, is, we're, are we finding our identity in God's name or are we finding our identity in everything else? Our families, our our vocation, our success, our, our lack of those things. 
finding our identity in God's name. Again, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. This is just a reminder. But all that to wrap up with this, the last one. That's to trust in God's power. I'm sure you've heard these verses before. Some trust in chariots, verse 7. Some in horses. That was the, the technology of that day. The more chariots you had, the more horses you had, the more likely you were going to win the war. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. I mean, time and time and time and time again in the Old Testament, God says, trust me, I got this. Like, no, we, we want this and this and this. Chariots, we want horses, we want kings, we want whatever it is instead of trusting in the name of the Lord our God. In, this, in these nine verses, the name of our God, the name of God of Jacob protects, the name of our God set up our banners, trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's why it's so important to know the names of God. It's who he is. So here's how we're gonna finish today. Bill, if you wanna just come on up. I wanna go through just a short time of prayer together in response to this passage. So I'm gonna put on the screen three different prayer prompts. And uh, we're, we're just gonna pray together. And I'm gonna invite some of you to just pray out loud so your brothers and sisters can hear you. But, but here's the first one. I'm gonna just say a prayer to kind of start this time. But then I'd love for, for some of you to, to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know you are a God who, and you, you pick one of those seven attributes, a God who knows, responds, protects, provides, forgives, blesses, and rescues. God, you're a God who, because you, you did this. I want you to just put yourself away. Like we all should be able to pray this request because we, we've seen him do stuff, haven't we? So we're looking backwards. So let me just say a prayer and then we're just gonna do this as a family together. Just, um, you don't have to pray out loud. Maybe just pray between you and the Lord, but, but I'd love some of you to pray this prayer out loud. So Father, as we just begin this short time of prayer, will your Holy Spirit guide us? And um, we, we, we thank you for your word. We've heard your word now. It's not real complicated today. It's just a gentle reminder about who you are. But, but now we're gonna, we're gonna talk to you about it. We're gonna come back to you because we, we need you and we wanna connect with you in this way. So Spirit, lead us, I pray.